Welcome back to another episode of the Sex Masters Podcast. Now, on this episode, I'm going to be going ahead and answering some of the questions that are out there, people seeking relationship advice. Now, I know I haven't gone through and done a lot of these on the episodes themselves, partially because I don't know whether or not these are serious or if you people out there are just trying to troll me, throwing up some weird situation or some situation whatsoever as if it is serious and you don't know what to do and just trying to see if I respond to it. I mean, I don't know, but I'm getting enough of these and I'm seeing enough of these as I go around about what do I do in this situation and that situation that I think it's about time to really start going off and responding. And yes, ladies, I understand here. Throughout most of the show, I go off and I talk about the things that you can do and taking the first steps towards improving your relationship. And I know that I pretty much tell you to pretty much go down and give in, submit, and give him everything that he wants to some degree. I understand that is the premise, but that is based off of the assumption that you already have a good relationship. It is just stale, kind of lost its passion, and that you've kind of had the life sucked out of it due to work and routines and such, and about trying to re-spark that honeymoon phase. But that doesn't mean I want you to go out there and be a fucking doormat for the guy to treat you like shit. That is not what I'm going for on this podcast. And yet, when I take a look at some of the questions being asked from people seeking relationship advice, that seems to be what some of you are taking as the message, whether it's from listening to this show directly or just asking for help out there on the internet. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and respond to a few of these things on the show today. But first, I have an article here that I want to talk about. And this article is from Vice News. And no, this is not a news program. Although I do a news program, a politics show on another podcast. And so I do co cover or go through a lot of news websites and everything. And every so often there is an article that has to re relate to this show. And apparently, according to Vice News, there is a hellish medical condition that is causing women to orgasm uncontrollably. Oh, yes. Yeah, so women, all you need is a medical condition and you'll be orgasming all day, every day. So, I mean, this goes through and puts it more into the negative light. You know, it's called something about persistent genital arousal disorder. And so it talks about one girl's experience with this and how whenever she travels, whether it's in a vehicle or travel on plane, about every five to six minutes, she has an orgasm. Now, I know for some of you women out there, you're going, man, I, I'm lucky if I get an orgasm once a month, you know, or, hey, you know, the only way I can get an orgasm is if I bring out old Bob. You know, you have such problems being able to achieve that. And here it is, this girl just sitting on a plane going through a ride is having multiple orgasms. I mean, you take a look at it and it seems like she's having 12 orgasms an hour on this flight. Now, of course, she's talking about how that goes through and affects her life, how she, when visiting family, has to kind of spend most of her time hiding out in a room you know, or the guest room, because otherwise she's having orgasm after orgasm in front of her parents, which is a little embarrassing. Yes, 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 I get that. But as far as medical conditions go, having constant orgasms can't be that bad, can it? I mean, the constant release of endorphins, the feel good. I mean, you would think that this person would be in a very cheerful mood. 
especially considering the women who have the exact opposite problem. And to which I know some of you are going, okay, you know, I'm kind of jealous of this person. Now I get it. She's talking about how sometimes it can be a little bit painful. It's disruptive to her sex life. And there's a lot of problems that go along with this. I mean, women, if you were going out there orgasming every five to six minutes, okay, I understand that's a problem. And then about every half hour or so, it builds up to being a really big one to which she has to go and hide out in some sort of bathroom or whatever. Okay, so I, I, I kind of get that there's a lot of drawbacks to this, but at the same time, you would think that the person would be in one of the best, most cheerful moods ever. But I don't mean to you know, belittle this condition because apparently it's having a really big effect on her life, a lot of negative impact and all that. But I can also see another problem here. Through the few moments when she's in a relationship and she is getting it on in the bedroom, you know, I can see where a guy is getting an overinflated ego every five, six minutes going, man, I am the best. I am the king. And while at the same time, she's just going off in her own little mind, don't get too big of an ego. This happens just sitting down in a car, you know? I mean, so we got all of that, but I mean, I, I've never heard of this condition before and I'm trying to go through and take a look at the pros and the cons. And I guess it depends on what it is you're doing in your regular daily life and activity. If you're really the type of person who's out and about traveling all over the place, you go into a day job and all of that, that could be a problem. If you have kids, I can understand that there might be a few questions there. But if you're someone who works from home and have a more secluded life, is this really the worst problem to have? I mean, just constantly having orgasms? I guess it really depends on how painful versus pleasurable that it is. I mean, eventually you would assume that you'll get over the whole idea of public embarrassment and just go to hell with you guys. This feels good. But I don't know. I'm not a woman and I have no idea what the constant effects of having orgasms multiple times an hour all day, every single day would be, or whether that completely crushes your libido altogether. But I just thought I'd bring this up here because it turns out, you know, uh, that those who suffer from this condition and have orgasms regularly throughout the day, um, tend to think that it's a big problem, don't like it, and say that it's very disruptive to their life. So if you're one of the women out there who are listening to this podcast and you're going off and you know upset how hard or how infrequent or how you almost never achieve that big O, just know that for women that have it constantly, they would rather be you. You know, it's the whole grass is greener on the other side issue. All right, so maybe you could take a little comfort and a little solace in the idea that those who have it way too often consider it to be worse than not having it at all. All right, so you can check out that article at Vice News. Uh, the title is Hellish Medical Condition is Causing Woman to Orgasm Uncontrollably. Okay, so let's go ahead and start getting in to the questions here. So with question number one, and as I go through and I read you the question, and it is a little bit on the lengthy side, you're going to start noticing some big red flags here throughout the entire situation. So it's a male-female couple here, and it starts off with a little bit of background information. My boyfriend, 29, and I, 28, have been in a long-distant relationship for almost a year, stayed basically next to each other for about a year before that. We are planning to get married by mid-next year, after which we'll move in together. But till then, we have to make do with seeing each other for a few days every three to four months. 
Both of our jobs don't allow us the luxury of multiple days off frequently. Boyfriend came over to visit me last weekend and was supposed to stay for four days. Two days in, he tells me he'll have to go to his parents the next day, who live in another city. Since we won't get to see them for a bit now as he won't get another leave of absence for the next couple of months, I asked him to maybe stay another day, then go to his folks the day after that, as he still had another day of leave left after that. He flat out refused. I didn't fight it. I know that he misses his parents a lot. Now, it is to be noted that his family is super involved in each other's lives. They have hour-long calls every day with each other. I don't get it because my family is not like that. We love each other to death and everything, but don't communicate daily. A call or text every couple of days. That's it. But I understand every family works differently. And if he's happy and comfortable, why not? All right, so I'm already seeing quite a few problems developing here. All right, so it continues. So we were busy doing the deed the day before he was supposed to leave, and he gets a call in the middle of it. He stops for a second to see who it is from, and it's one of those hour-long calls that his family does every day. He literally got up and left to attend the call, leaving me mid-sex. He came back after a while and I asked if anything happened or if it was anything urgent. He casually says, no, they just wanted to say hi and ask what he was doing. <laughs> I wonder how he responded, but that's besides the point. Let me continue on. And then he starts kissing and touching me to resume sex. I'd lost my drive by then. Well, I don't doubt it. And stopped him. He asked me what's wrong. I tell him he could have taken the call later and he had no need to stop the sex. He tries to explain that it's an everyday thing and he had to take the call because he couldn't upset his parents. I didn't say anything and went to my desk to finish some work. I didn't talk to him much for the rest of his stay and he left the next morning. I didn't respond to his texts and calls for two days. I text him on the third day and we have been talking a little. He knows I'm upset, but he says he doesn't know what to do. I'm getting mixed feelings now. I feel bad. I shouldn't have started this whole thing when I only had a few more hours left with him. There was no argument, but we were both upset with each other and didn't talk much. I'm also upset that during each leave, he stays with his parents 90% of the time. The rest, 10%, is divided between me and his friends. This was supposed to be our time, just the two of us, and he left me like this. What should I do? Okay, so first thing, and maybe I'm overstepping my bounds here, but you might want to be rethinking that whole planning to get married by mid-next year because there's a lot of things that you need to work out and get straightened out before you decide to go through with marriage because right now, with everything that you just described, big red flags, big red flags that are going to leave you miserable and possibly lead to divorce because it's obvious if what you are saying here is an accurate description, you're not his priority. He doesn't take you or the relationship seriously. I, I mean, let, let, let's first start off with this whole statement here. So you're supposed to be engaged, about ready to get married next year. He only gets to see you for a few days every few months, right? 
And during that time, he ignores you 90% of the time to be with his parent. He is too much of a mama's boy or something going on here, right? Because if you're planning on getting married, he needs to make you the priority. They need to be reshifting this to you getting 90% and his parents and friends splitting the other 10%. Not, hey, his parents get 90% of his time and you have to share the remaining 10% with his friends. Does that really seem like he's taking you seriously? that your relationship is much of a priority to him? Hell no. I do not see that going on. So already he's letting you know that you are not important to him. You are not his world. He is not treating you like he should be for for a couple that is about ready to get married that's engaged. Okay, now let's go into another issue here. He stops having sex with you to take a phone call. Now, I understand if there's like a really important call that you've been waiting on, or you get a text message about an emergency, you know, family emergency, maybe somebody's in the hospital, stopping right then and there. But you're telling me they have an hour long phone call every single day. Is this an issue here whereby they have it at the exact same time every day? And, and if that is the case, then you got to be wondering what his plan was. I mean, he only sees you once every how many months? And he get, starts it this close to their daily phone call. I mean, was he just planning to go wham, bam, and it just somehow went longer than he was expecting that he really wasn't trying to dedicate that much time to you in your intimacy? And then here it is. He has these phone calls every single day. So you're talking about how he talks to his family on an hour long phone call every single day, and you only get to talk to him every few days. So there, then again, he's once again showing you, you're not his priority in his life. He's putting everybody else and his family ahead of you. And you're supposed to be the one who becomes the most important person in his life. And for him to stop in order to have a daily conversation. Now, I don't get this whole daily conversation for an hour every single day. Okay. But Would there have really been a problem if he had waited until he was done to join the call and maybe not be on there for the full hour or maybe schedule it at a different time or, hey, if it happens at the same time every single day to have planned out the intimacy a little bit more? Everything that you are telling me in this particular question here and asking what you should do, everything points to the fact that he doesn't take the relationship seriously. You're not serious to him. The relationship is just play. And I'm starting to question whether he's actually committed towards getting married by mid next year with the way everything is going. I mean, it almost seems like he's treating you like you're his side girl, that there's actually probably, and now I'm speculating here, but there's probably another woman closer to where he's at that he gets to see every single day and that he's just keeping you around as a plaything for every so often when he comes to visit his parents. I mean, that's what I'm kind of getting here. He shows you no respect. He doesn't prioritize you in any way, shape, or form. So I would say, get a fucking backbone here. And you need to get this shit straightened out about how, if you're getting married, you need to be the priority, that you get the 90% and everybody else divides up the 10% instead of the other way around. That there is no phone call taking. In fact, you're going to shut off your phone 
when you're being intimate. And this whole issue here where I see here where he was supposed to stay for four days and then two days in, he says he's going to leave to go visit his parents, even though if he would have just waited one more day, he could have still seen them. And then what? He spends two days with you, leaves and comes back for a day rather than spending three days with you, then leaving. I mean, it seems like you can plan and do a lot more with your plans, having three consecutive days rather than splitting up four days where you get three and he takes off for one of those three days in the middle of those three days. And then he just gets upset with you suggesting something that is very logical. So the only reason why he would be getting upset with you for you know, saying, hey, how about you stay three days and then go on your fourth day rather than stay two days, go on your third day and come back on the fourth day. The only reason is because there was something going on that he didn't want to tell you about, that he didn't want you to know about, you know, some other plans or maybe something he was going off to try and sneak off uh, to and try to accomplish. I mean, there is something going on there that he is trying to hide from you. And by the way, was there any particular reason why you wouldn't have been able to go with him? I mean, okay, maybe, you know, due to your job and everything and so forth. But you need to get all this hammered out about who is the priority, because my fear is you go ahead and you get married, as you said, mid next year, and this behavior continue where he only gives you 10% of his time as his wife and still giving his parents and uh, other family members 90% of his time, and you're still having to share 10% with his friends. No, 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 no. Grow a fucking backbone here. And, st- and next time, whether it's over a phone or in person based off of what you can do, you know, in the long distance relationship, but you need to hammer this shit out. You need to go through and let them know that this is not going to be acceptable and that, Hey, you know, if you have a daily family phone call, then he's not getting any until after that call, or unless he can guarantee that that call won't start for a few hours. Now, as far as the whole family phone call goes on, if you're the fiance here, Why are you not on those phone calls too? After all, you're going to be part of this family. This is going to be half of your family. Are you being included in all of this family activity that is dominating 90% of his time? Or are you being excluded? Are you sure his family knows about you? I mean, like I said, the, the problems that I'm seeing here is twofold. He doesn't take you seriously. He doesn't take the relationship seriously. And that it almost seems like you're his side girl. You know, that he's kind of stringing you along here. I won't, I won't be surprised if he starts going off and coming up with excuses of why you need to delay the wedding. But it almost seems like you have become a side girl. That's how little you mean to him. Someone he is just hiding on the side or something. I mean, there's only so much that I can get from what you tell me. And there's so much uh, that I would need to know that you don't tell me here. But grow a backbone. You either let him know that either you're a priority and heck, you don't even need 90% of his time at this point. You know, maybe tell him, Hey, how about a 50, 50 split here? Or how about 40% with your parents, 40% with me. And then you get 10% with your friend. You know, how about asking for more equal time and making sure that you get that before you get married? Because I'm seeing a pattern here that says, if you marry this guy, what's going to end up happening is that you're going to become the neglected spouse and you're just going to end up in divorce. So 
that's my advice. That's my analysis. Whether you agree with it, whether you disagree with it, that's up to you. But what is indisputable is that you need to grow a damn backbone here and confront him about this and don't be like, oh, I'm too scared to confront him or I don't want to get into an argument because of how little time we have together. You know, put your big girl pants on and demand that he takes the relationship seriously and that he treats you with the respect that is deserved of a fiance. And the sooner you do it, the better. All right, let's go on to the next question. So the question goes, we have been in a relationship for about two and a half years, but I recently found out by chance that he asked a group on social media about a year ago what to do with his girlfriend being terrible at giving blowjobs. <laughs> oh, I already have some thoughts here. He never talked about this, though. He also commented on the post that he compares me to an ex-girlfriend when I'm doing it, and that seems unfair to him. Wait, what? Now, I'm assuming that's because she was a lot better at it than me. Oh, you know I'm going to go off on this post. Uh, You know I'm going to go off on this particular question here. I absolutely felt heartbroken after I found this out. Why are you even thinking about an ex during sex? (laughs) and why are you comparing me to her like that? I have always been pretty insecure about this because it just feels uncomfortable to me. I was only doing it trying to please him, but now I found this out. I don't know whether I should confront him about this or not since it's been a year ago since he posted it, but at the same time, it hurts a lot that he thought or thinks of me that way. Now, I'm struggling here to figure out exactly where to start on this. Half of me wants to be a smart ass and go, well, you know, if I was taking his side, does he have a point? I mean, you mentioned that, hey, it was uncomfortable to you and you were only doing it to try and please him. So maybe, you know, because you didn't really enjoy doing it, you were only half-assing it. And or maybe, you know, because you didn't have much experience, assuming that you haven't done this for any previous boyfriend, maybe it was an honest critique, but you know what? I can't find a way to make that funny or to be able to keep a straight face while trying to say that because there is absolutely no excuse for what he just did. He's just being an asshole. He's showing that at least at that particular point in time in your relationship, he had zero respect for you. Even if it was defensible as an honest critique, it's horrible because First of all, again, you're saying that it's uncomfortable for you. You don't like it and that you are basically engaging or doing something just for his benefit, just because you're a loving, supportive girlfriend here. And if this is the first guy that you've loved enough to actually go through and do this, something that you may not even like, then of course, when you first started off and first got around to doing this, you didn't have skills. I mean, what does he want you to do? Uh, go out there and practice on a whole bunch of other guys in order for you to come back to him and show him how it's really done? I mean, is that something more preferable? And, you know, maybe he needs to communicate with you more about what he likes and doesn't like. I mean, just like with women, you know, what guys like and don't like and how something or some technique feels great for one guy doesn't feel good for another guy. You know, did he really communicate with you? I mean, there's a whole lot that I can go through analyzing whether or not this is an honest critique and try to see whether or not 
there was uh, valid criticism here, but in all reality, even if any of that had any validation to it, the fact that he went off and posted this on an internet forum, there is absolutely zero excuse for that. Now, if he were to come to you and try and say, hey, you know, don't get mad, but you know, uh, this is some of the things that you're doing and here's what I like, here's what I don't like, you know, and trying to have an honest conversation. Now, if he tried to bring this to your attention and you got mad and upset, that would be one thing. You know, that may be on you because he's trying to just be honest with you and uh, in the same way that, you know, you would hope that you'd be honest with him. But instead, he posted this online, demeaning you, right? He posted this online to a bunch of strangers to insult you, right? And so let's kind of go through that a little bit. Now, the first question that I would like to know is when you found out that he had posted this, um, was it under his own actual name or does he have an alias profile set up? You know, something that allows him to stay anonymous because if this was something he was posting anonymously under a different name, well, this might be, not be the only social media profile in which he has uh, an alias account so that he could just be a troll just saying a whole bunch of crap and wondering how much he did this. Now, this is the one post that you found out. I'm sure if you were to find out all of his social media profiles, alias or actual, and dug through the entire history of all of the comments that he has made, I'm sure this is not the only time that he has ever gone off and criticized you or talked about you and very negatively sexually for the whole world to know about. So there is a huge disrespect problem uh, that is going on here. And the fact that he felt the need to go off and trash you all over the internet, just because you were trying to do something as a loving girlfriend that you don't even enjoy doing just for his benefit. And then he goes off insult of insult, not only just saying that you suck at it, no pun intended, but to compare you to his ex-girlfriend who, for whatever reason, the relationship did not work out and say she was so much better, starts giving indications here about who actually ended the previous relationship, which gives even more cause for concern. Now, should you confront him about this? Hell yeah. You need to figure out and don't give him any time to think about it. Just go off, you know, and maybe if you can even refind it and print it off and slap it down in front of him and go, what the hell? You know, yes, grow a fucking backbone here, lady. Confront his ass about why he was trashing you on the internet and comparing you to his ex-girlfriend because there is absolutely no excuse. And if he has any common sense, he's going to be getting on his knees begging you to forgive him and admit what a complete and utter idiot he is. Now, on the other hand, if he tries to defend it, if he tries to say, you know, oh, don't worry about that was a long time ago. You've gotten much better at it now. If he tries to do anything but grovel, then here's your response. No more blowjobs ever. You don't like giving them anyways, or at least not for a very long time. I mean, you don't like them anyways. You're only doing it for his benefit. And he just stated that he doesn't appreciate it and doesn't even enjoy it from you. Therefore, why keep doing it? Why keep doing it? And if you've really developed in your skills here and then you're cutting them off, oh boy. Now, he might try and go off and try emotional manipulation on you, especially since you're already you know, showing signs of a weak backbone going, oh, do I confront him about this or not? 
yes, you do confront him about it. And don't back down. Stand your ground on this. He has a lot of begging and groveling to do. If you are to ever consider doing anything you don't like for his enjoyment, right? And you need to make sure he understands and that he has to go through and delete this shit, right? And the, yeah, you got to make him pay for that one, right? There is no if, ands, or buts about it. Oh, man. Now, you can also go through, and if you want to throw insult on there, if you're completely pissed off, is throw it in his face about things that your ex-boyfriend was better than him at. Why don't you go off and tell him, does, does it, you know, how would you feel if I told you that my ex-boyfriend gave me bigger orgasms than you or could last longer than you or had a bigger whatever than you? You know, I mean, what would you say? Or, hey, unlike my ex-boyfriend, you can't eat pussy for shit. You know, I have to fake it just to just, uh, stroke your ego. I mean, you can start throwing this shit back in his face if you really want to. Whether it's true or not doesn't even really matter. But, I mean, if he's not going to go off and beg and beg and beg for your forgiveness, I would have no problems with you throwing it back in his face like that and then cutting off all blowjobs or at least just cutting off the blowjob. You know, I mean, why do something that he doesn't even appreciate if you don't even enjoy doing it yourself? I mean, it's really that simple. And I don't get why you wouldn't confront him about this. Oh, so much time has gone by. Oh, really? So what you're saying here is he can do anything he wants, treat you like complete shit. You know, what if he cheated on you and you didn't find out about it until after a year? Would you still be concerned about confronting him because so much time has passed? I mean, is that the rule that you are setting for your relationship? that he can do whatever he wants as long as you don't find out about it until a certain amount of time passes? Is that the precedent that you want to set here? No. What you should be setting as a precedent here so that he knows is it doesn't matter how much time has passed since he did something. It only matters when you found out about it. Now, based off of his response, when you confront him may have an indication as to whether or not you really have a future together or if, in fact, you just wasted two and a half years of your life. I what are you, a doormat? Or are you the woman of the household, his equal? That's what it comes down to. And that's what a lot of these questions come down to. When you go through and describe the situation and then ask what you should do, well, that is the question, isn't it? Are you his equal, demanding the respect of a queen of the household if he is the king of the household? Or are you just a doormat in which he gets to trample all over, insult, and treat like gutter trash, and you'll just constantly forgive him, crawl back to him, and go, okay, I really didn't like that, but I'm still going to give you everything that you want just to be nice. There has to be some sort of consequence here, you know, and yeah, so I mean, you better, uh, I, I would say if you don't like it, you know, as punishment, no blowjobs for six months as punishment for this shit. At a bare minimum, that should be the consequences. Okay. I mean, hopefully I made my point on this. I mean, do I really need to find 50 different ways to explain what's going on here and what my advice would be? You know, it's real simple. Confront them, make them beg for your forgiveness, and then cut them off from any blowjobs for the next three to six months. And let them know that if you catch them having insulted you like this on anything else, then that's being cut off as well, or the time period in which he's cut off from this stuff 
is just going to be extended. Oh my God. And then comparing you to an ex-girlfriend. I mean, right there, right there, shit. <laughs> I'm not even sure what the uh, appropriate punishment is there. I mean, that seems like something that should be severe. You know, comparing you to an ex-girlfriend. <sighs> I mean, I guess in uh, one comeback that you can come off on is, oh, you think your ex-girlfriend was better than me? Well, she obviously didn't enjoy you, <laughs> you know, something like that. I mean, you know, she thought you sucked and left. I mean, you can find out something about that to throw back in his face, but this is not time to be passive aggressive or indecisive. No, confront him, confront him hard and no more BJs for three to six months. Hopefully he learns his lesson from there. And that's if you decide to stay with him. But just think about this. You're talking about you finding this out that he posted this about a year ago, which means you were already approximately a year and a half into the relationship. And he was talking trash like this to you. That is huge disrespect. That shows that he doesn't even take you seriously. Two and a half years. Is there any, even any talks about a wedding or are you just being strung along as a play toy? I am my God. This also provides some indication here that at least a year and a half into the relationship, he was still wasn't over his act. He wasn't all that committed to you. He's still fantasizing about the one that got away rather than the one he has. There's a lot of problems here. So yes, you need to confront him, confront him hard. No more blowjobs for three to six months. Now, just so you know, I did not pre-screen these questions here. I pretty much just turned it over to my wife to go through and pick a few questions of people seeking relationship advice for me to answer. And so I'm going through, I'm reading them, and then I'm responding to them with my gut reaction, you know, to give you my most honest reaction. And so I'm going to be going through trying to read uh, this last question here without any commentary in the question itself so that it's easier for you to be able to determine what is part of the question and what is my commentary. And with that said, let's go ahead and get in to the third and final question. So without any further delay, I will try and get through this without commentary during the question reading. All right, let's see what we got here. My husband has been cheating on me since 2019. Okay, let me just pause right there for a moment and say this is going to be very hard if the rest of this question goes the way it starts without putting in some commentary and saying, what the hell? All right, so let me start over. My husband has been cheating on me since 2019. I found him sending sexual text messages to not one, but multiple women. The only reason we reconciled is because I had revenge sex, but it really didn't affect him. A couple of months later, he did it again, once again with multiple women. And I asked him to be honest about his infidelity, but he only remained quiet. I decided to talk to his parents about his cheating, but they said it was only natural for him to be curious and want other women because we were each other's first and got married young. I was 17 and he was 20 when we got married. His parents' words hurt, but I let it go because I thought we could get past it. Now this morning, when I asked him to pass me my phone to turn off my alarm, he handed me his phone in his sleepy days and a notification popped up from Snapchat. He was talking to a girl he met on Meet Me. Then he had another Snapchat talking to a separate girl. At this point, I'm so numb to it 
that I don't know what to do anymore. I've went to therapy to cope, had regular conversations with my husband to see if I'm meeting his needs, but I don't know why he keeps doing it. I know I look like an idiot (laughs) because I should have divorced him the first time it happened, but I love my husband so much. He's been there for me through my trauma, helped me escape my abusive mother, and supported me emotionally and financially through my teens until I was stable. Without him, I would be in a dark place, and I can't imagine life without him. So strangers, I want to ask you this. What do I do now? We have a house together too, and if we got a divorce, I don't know if I should fight to keep it. We both paid for it, and both of our names are on the title. Please help. There is a whole lot to unravel here, and you know what? I have a hard time figuring out exactly where to begin because this situation is ridiculous. And the fact that she's gone off three times now, she has caught him cheating on her. And each of the three times it was with multiple women. And yet she is still questioning, should I stay with him or not? Hell no. Hell no. Should you say, well, you should have left him after the first time. Now I get it. Maybe you have kids. There's no indication of that in this message, but Okay, maybe if you have kids, I could probably see just one time giving a second chance just for the sake of the kids on trying to figure out how it works through. After the second time catching them, especially so shortly after the first time, that should have been the end of it. You should have already been gone. There should never have been the opportunity for there to be a third time here. You are a flipping doormat. And I get it. You're going, well, you know, there was a dark period of my time and he really helped me out my teen years, get out of a, uh, out of an abusive situation. And so that justifies you staying with a person who treats you like complete and total crap. No, 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 no. Look, I get that the person helped you out during an extremely difficult situation back when you were a teenager and helped you get out of that situation. Okay. I get that, but that does not suddenly give them a free pass to treat you like complete and total crap, like you don't even matter and don't even exist because he is now being to you really no different emotionally than the abusive mother that you talked about how he helped you get away from. He is letting you know he doesn't give a shit about you. He doesn't care. All right. And then we go on to this and talk about how you let it go when his parents just dismissed it kind of a Well, you know, boys will be boys. The the, the parents going through, which is your in-laws, going through, trying to rationalize it, justify it. I mean, I get that it's their son, but there is to some degree where it's bad parenting. It is enablers, which also gives you an indication of his upbringing and the lack of moral values in his upbringing because the parents are going to go off and try and rationalize any and all behavior that he engages in, because it's a lot easier to say, well, that's only natural. That's understandable. Hey, you know, that's our little boy. You know, it's a lot easier for them to try and normalize and rationalize it rather than trying to figure out where they went wrong as parents, where they failed, where they screwed up. Or maybe it's an indication of the complete lack of any values in his childhood as he was being raised. Now, I wonder how his mother would think If she caught her uh, husband cheating on her, 
Would this still be, oh, it's only natural, sweetie. And then you let it go. You let it go. I mean, right there, a horrible situation. Now, you go off and you talk about after the first time you had revenge sex, but it really didn't affect him. All right. So right away from the very first time that you caught him and you gauged in this revenge sex and you found out that it didn't affect him, that should have been an indication right then and there that the relationship was dead. There was nothing to salvage, nothing to save whatsoever. In fact, I would go off and say that the revenge sex probably hurt you more than him because you just picked out what? Some random stranger and gave him and gave over to him your body, your temple, you know, a piece of your soul, you know, which probably had more harm on you. And then he didn't care. I mean, the, right then and there, the moment you found out that he didn't care, you should have realized it was over and start going your separate way right then and there. Now you went off and you went to forgive him. And then you find out later that just a few months down the road, he was right back at it. He didn't care. You know, he didn't care. Your revenge sex didn't affect him. You already forgave him, probably already jumped back into bed with him. So now what's going on here? He realizes that, hey, I could probably get away with doing whatever I want and you will always be there. So when I go through a dry spell with all these other women, you know, there's no other booty around. I have you as a backup is what's going on. And so he does it again and you forgive him again to try and work it out. Look, the moment, I mean, right now, this is on you for being so stupid, right? There never should have had the opportunity to be a third time. The first time, if you had kids, okay, I get it working out for the kids, but you don't indicate that there was any kids. Your main concern is the house, all right? So the fact that you forgave him the first time, I mean, that is questionable. Then you went off and forgave him a second time, just a few more months down the road. And then now it's a third time. Guess what? The relationship is over. It's dead. It's been dead for a very long time now, since the very first time you caught him cheating. And he didn't care when you had revenge sex. Boom, right then and there, it was over. The only thing that you have done since then in trying to, quote, salvage the relationship is basically tell him he can sleep around all he wants and he still has you to, to, you know, to cure any dry spells. He still has you waiting for him. So if he can't find any other woman for that night and he is horny, he still has you as his backup plan. That you are a doormat that's pretty much going to let him do anything and everything that he wants without any consequences. And then you're trying to internalize it. Was it something you were doing? Is it something where you just weren't satisfying him? Really? You're going to go off and try and wonder if the blame rests with you for his infidelity? I mean, lady, get a freaking backbone here. Stand up for yourself. Have some modicum of self-respect here. The issue is not you. It's not you not satisfying him. The issue is him. And you could probably trace it back to his poor parenting, who is given how they're trying to go off and excuse all of this. But the issue wasn't you. Now, the fact that you've let it continue, you've grown numb to it, and that you're pretty much still wondering after this third round whether or not to stay with them or not. I mean, lady, at this point, I wonder if I would have any hope or any ability to be able to help you here. I mean, you just have to recognize the relationship is dead. It's not going anywhere. Forgiving him one more time and giving him yet another free pass 
is not going to turn things around. He's going to keep doing it. He's, and I'll give you a big hint. Emotionally, he's already moved on. Emotionally, he's already checked out of the relationship. You're just there as plan B for him at this particular point in time. Now, instead, what I would suggest is going ahead, getting that divorce. Who gives a rip about the house? There's no indication that you have kids here. Who cares? Sell the house. You know, have him either have him agree to sell the house with you, split the money. If there's anything left after the mortgage is paid, split the money of what's available afterwards and go your separate way. If he wants to keep the house, then under the divorce decree uh, that you get, make sure that he is required to go get a loan and buy the property and be able to reposition it back into his name. You make sure he actually does that because I have seen so many times in divorce situations where a divorce decree states that the well, that one person is responsible for the house, that they are legally responsible for the mortgage and all that, that they're supposed to refinance the house out of the other person's name and get it solely into their name, you know, and all of that. And then a couple years down the road or six months down the road, the one spouse who no longer has the house finds out that they have bad credit. Why? Because the their partner or ex-partner didn't follow through on the divorce decree, didn't refinance the house out of their name. And here it is, six months, 12 months, two years down the road, the mortgage is still in both of your names. The house is still in both of your names. And that person is no longer able to afford the house for whatever reason, falls behind on payments. And guess what? Since your name is still on that mortgage, your credit gets screwed too. So you need to make sure that it's a clean break and that the house gets refinanced completely out of your name and that there is no mortgage for that house in your name. And the same is true in the reverse. If you get to keep the house, make sure you follow through. Otherwise, you're giving him an excuse to keep coming back to you and try to sucker you back into your, you know, rebuilding your relationship when he finds out that he's no longer able to get any more women to sleep with him. All right. So you need to have just a clean, total break from this mess. All right. And you need to start learning and working on your own self-respect here. You went from an abusive mother to, to basically excusing and blaming yourself for a cheating husband. This is not good, healthy patterns here. You need to go through, read some self-help books, go see some more therapists. Now, you said that you've gone through and you've talked to a therapist on this. And what was that therapist any good? Did that therapist advise you, hey, you need to remove yourself from the situation. It is unhealthy for you. I mean, maybe they said, yes, after the first time, work it through. But if after the second time, the therapist is still saying, okay, okay, you, you know, work it through. Here's the steps you can do to get over it. Fire the damn therapist. There should never get, you know, it, it's questionable whether you should have ever forgiven him the first time or tried to work it out after the first time. I mean, the only time I see a person actually doing that is for the sake of the kid. But after the second time, you should have been packed and gone, you know, and I mean, unbelievable three times now, and you're still questioning whether you should try and salvage the relationship. There is no relationship to salvage. Your relationship is basically in a junkyard and the vehicle is already smashed to bits and you're trying to figure out whether or not you can rebuild it from a bunch of scrap metal. Oh, maybe that's not even the perfect analogy because at least there, if the person is handy enough, they could restore a vehicle 
based off of nothing but scrap metal. But in this situation, lady, you know, you have no fucking backbone in this. You are just, you're a disgrace even contemplating staying around. So no, you want my advice? Clean break. It is over. You're the only one who even st- who's even contemplating the idea that this relationship is still alive, that this marriage is still has any basis to it. He's already out there saying, hey, you know what? It doesn't matter. I'm never going to stop. You want to keep forgiving me and you want to keep you know, being my plan B when there's no other options available? Go for it. You know, but don't expect me to actually care and treat you like an actual spouse here. You're just a booty call. And yeah, you got a legal document that says you're married, but in all practicality, you're just the booty call. You're no different to him than any of the other random girls he's sleeping around with. All right. Now, your only other option here, if you're intent on trying to save the marriage, is to learn to enjoy bisexuality and start joining him with these other girls and make it a threesome. I mean, if that's if you're okay with that and you think you would enjoy doing that, then at least you'll be doing that together and being able to have fun with the other girls together. Now, I don't necessarily recommend that. I don't think that is a great idea, but if that's the only way you're if you're intent on keeping this marriage together for whatever reason beyond my comprehension. That's about the only way that I can think of where you can dilute yourself into thinking that this marriage has anything left to it and not feel so horrible and traumatized by all the cheating. And the only way I can think about this, if you're wanting to save the marriage at this point, is for you to enjoy women yourself, for you to enjoy eating carpet with your own mouth, for you to want to go through and make every interaction a threesome. And I have no indication that says you would enjoy that. So yes, just recognize the marriage is dead. It's been dead since the first time he went through. He's got a lot of people enabling him, telling him it's only, it's natural. It's okay. Don't, you know, worry about it. And, you know, from his parents to you constantly forgiving him, right? It's over. It's dead. There's nothing left to save. Clean split move on. All right. I know that is a little bit of an angrier tone, but my God, three times and you're still contemplating forgiving him and working on the marriage? Sad and pathetic. All right. So that's it uh, for this episode. I don't know whether you enjoy these you know, reactions to these situations or not. I don't know. I think it makes a lot of sense what I have said. So anyways, if this is your first time listening, don't forget to hit subscribe so you never miss another episode. Please leave me a rating and review and go ahead and share this around on social media and recommend it to your friends and family who either want advice or would find this just entertaining. All right. Thank you so much. And I will be back again soon.